And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Bruce's Therapeutic Coloring Books. Visions of a dark future got you down? Just color your problems away. Previously on What Is Not. Who is this Elvis Presley? You all act like you recognize him. They ran him through experiments. So Elvis Presley is Captain America. There was a girl that supposedly escaped a couple weeks ago, and we actually started that explosion to try and get her out of there. Can we put some kind of spell on the infirmary? I'm going to cast Alarm on the area. Donovan notices that there is a dim light coming from the library. Baghdad Public Library, this is Mildred. How may I help you? What about my friend Athena? She owns a shooting range. To the shooting range! In the sand of the Mojave Desert in California, off historic Route 66, sits a small desert town called Baghdad. We have some ancient prophecy that something bad is going to go down in Baghdad. It's a town of shadows and secrets. Things aren't as they seem, but we're still not quite sure what's going on. Where bumps in the night aren't the house settling. Trying to find answers. And the monster under your bed lies in wait for your foot to leave the safety of your covers. My mom used to tell me all these weird stories about monsters, but I didn't really believe anything she said because, you know, that's crazy talk. It's a world where cultists spend their days pushing papers at the DMV and their nights summoning ancient creatures from the dread beyond. Maybe something happened down at Cryptocore. The expert. Susan Donaldson. The town vet. The freelancer. People call me Beth. Hunting is sort of just like a business that I'm in. The deathless. Bruce the zombie and his father cast a spell to bring him back. The initiate. Donovan Pelayan, part of an ancient order of monster hunters. The Monstrous. Zeke Solardier. He works for Cryptocore, which is his family's corporation. It's a town where it's very hard to tell what is real and what is not. Welcome to Baghdad. Because he is the Mothman and he gets premonitions, I would like... Well, since Katie wasn't here last time, why don't we have her roll? Oh, jeez. Hold on. So roll 2d6 and I will let you know what happens. Hold on. I forgot. Dice. Me too. Totally prepared for this. This is fine. (laughs) I'm never prepared for what is not. (laughs) (laughs) I got an 11. Nice. Okay, so on a 10+, plus, you get a detailed vision of something bad that is yet to happen. You take plus one forward to prevent it coming true and mark experience if you stop it. So when we begin, where is everybody? I'm assuming we're going to start the next morning or do we need to start a couple days out? What are you guys thinking? Next morning is yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. Next morning. Okay, so my understanding is Bruce is in the lair making breakfast for the new guests mm-hmm. very nice and all the new guests are in the lair as well they stayed in there we all cuddled yeah. okay <laughs> very good 
I'm assuming Susan is in her house and Beth is at her apartment. Zeke and Donovan are at Zeke's apartment. Zeke's place, yeah. Yeah, I wake up when I receive a text from my niece. It's like 7 a.m. and I did not get enough sleep. But the text says, see you under the bridge in an hour. Dog emoji, cat emoji. And I jump out of bed. I completely forgot that today was our homeless pet wellness day. So every three months, my assistant Drew, my niece, Evan, Athena's son, and Bruce and I go to the main homeless encampment in town and we offer pet food, vaccines, collars, baths, and medicine to the pets of the people who live there. So I text Bruce a reminder and ask him to meet me at the clinic in 30 minutes. And I can't believe that my niece is the person, my teenage niece is keeping better track of my life than I am. Well, it's not like you're no rescuing cryptids from mega corporations <laughs> bent on world domination. Yeah, there's a main homeless encampment in Baghdad. It's under a bridge. And so I've been going there every three months to help with the pets. And Bruce is really into giving the baths to the homeless and the pets. <laughs> <laughs> the homeless feel like that there's uh, a lot of hypocrisy in Bruce giving them baths. <laughs> <laughs> most of the odor is coming from Bruce. <laughs> okay, so I'm assuming Susie's getting herself ready and heading over to the clinic, but Meryl, who is at the clinic, walks over to Bruce and seems a little bit in a daze. I think Drew will get this reference. I kind of see him as a humanoid Butterfree. Humanoid who? Butterfree from Pokemon. So I'm embarrassed to say that I was too old to be into Pokemon. I I just I don't I don't know Pokemon. <gasps> oh, <laughs> Pokemon Go is happening right now. You are younger than I am. Um, you can be an adult in Pokemon Go. There's there in Pokemon. There's no. Such I got into old. playing Magic the Gathering like only a couple years ago. So okay. I, I mean, it's not too late. But okay, right. so he he looks like a Pokemon. <laughs> Okay, I'm looking at Butterfree. Well, he's a human version of what I'm about to send you. <laughs> oh, okay. This, this is kind of cute. Yeah, no, he's kind of adorable. Adorable. <laughs> Bruce attempts to swat him. <laughs> yeah, he's human, so he's the same size as Bruce is. He's just... You know, oh, that's what he looks like crap. just as a person. How big is your uh, If anything, Bruce would probably like get a ride on him if he could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So game goals get Bruce to fly on Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> he taps you on your shoulder. Bruce points to the pancakes and asks him or, you know, insists like, do you want more pancakes? Is that what is that what's bothering you? Do you look at him in the eye or just kind of like over the shoulder? Over the shoulder as I'm making more pancakes. He taps you on the shoulder again. Bruce turns around completely and grabs the phone and types out the message WTF. <laughs> all right. So he looks you in the eyes and all of a sudden you have a very strong flash of a vision. And this is what you see. You see a small dilapidated, obviously abandoned for a very long time house out in the middle of the desert. And as you kind of zoom in, to this little house, you see that it's filled with a bunch of statues. And as you start looking at the statues, you see that there is a Susie statue. And you see that there is a Zeke statue. And you see that there is a Beth statue. 
and a Donovan statue. And eventually you see that there is a Bruce statue. And then the vision ends. Bruce definitely pees himself a little bit. (laughs) No, no. And then stops to try and process what just happened. The pancakes burn a little. He gets really upset about the pancakes. Gets distracted about what happened. And then needs to see the vision again because he completely forgot about it because the pancakes became more important. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're doomed. (laughs) (sighs) Do you want to ask questions about the vision? He wants to do the vision again. He, He just like is too on like he's shocked by what he just experienced so he wants it again okay so you make eye contact again with the mothman yes and it's a little slower this time it's almost like a bird's eye view of this little hut this little home out in the middle of the desert and you can see that it's actually for as small as it is there's three tiny little rooms if you look at it as a big square there's a rectangle with two squares behind it those are the rooms and you land in front of the door and you walk in and you see all of these life-size statues how do you want to approach looking around the space so i'm still in the vision this time around Mm-hmm. I, I can explore it. You can explore it a little bit. I definitely will walk around and take a closer look at all the statues. And wait, did I get to see like the address on the outside of the building? There's no address. Okay. Having lived in Baghdad as long as you all have, you know there's a place that Matt and I call the place where hope goes to die. <laughs> because there are out in the middle of the desert just these houses that... Um, many are just uninhabited. They're, Got it. What did you say, Matt? I said houses. I'm making air quotes for those who don't see me on camera. Yeah, so houses. Shanties. So while Bruce is in the vision, he's going to check to see if his phone works while in the vision. Almost like in a dream, you're not able to read any text. You can see the phone. So what Bruce working. realizes, he has no cell reception. He flips out and is like (laughs) running around doing that whole let me out let me out let me out let me out yeah he wants out of this vision okay so you're out of the vision okay so then he immediately goes and grabs some crayons and some paper and starts to do some therapy drawing to get down everything that he saw and then sends a group text everybody to say he's not emotionally well right now and he needs some support okay you all received this text on her way out the door, Susie grabs some jalapeno cashews to bring to Bruce. That'll make him feel better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clear things up right away. Those sound excellent. Would Donovan understand, based on the text message, anything about what happened? Or nope, is it just like... It. Most likely not. It wasn't text. Right? He, he did cra- Crayola drawings of everything he saw in the vision. Okay. So you got to come over and see it. Oh, you didn't text the drawings. No, I just said I was in distress and I needed everybody to come to me. And Meryl just kind of walks back outside. Donovan was going to go start doing some big magic to try to de-stonify those people we rescued. But I guess I'll look over toward Zeke and say, I guess we should go visit the zombie. He seems upset. Yeah, I mean, we all know how dramatic Bruce can be, so maybe this is really a false alarm, but I suppose we ought to check on him. We don't want him to feel bad. All right. So I guess we'll head that way. Bruce texts were like 911. <laughs> <laughs> Bring food. <laughs> Zeke suspects that Bruce burnt his pancakes and is flipping out about it. But <laughs> Susie's texting soothing unicorns and rainbows and heart emojis. 
Is Beth doing anything? Beth's at the coffee shop, got the text, just assumes that Bruce is being overdramatic and goes back to work. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, um, who gets Bruce sends a group text saying he hasn't heard from Beth and now he's really worried about Beth. (laughs) (laughs) I call Beth because we haven't heard and I say, hey, Beth, what's going on? I'm working. What do you want? (laughs) (laughs) I say, well, is there any way that you can get someone to sub? Because I know Bruce is upset. We got to find out what's going on. But I also have this event today and it's going to be with the homeless folks. And I thought maybe you could do some investigating for us. I can't leave right now. I'll be there soon. Okay. I hang up and I'm on my way out the door. Okay. So right now I have Zeke and Donovan and Susie headed to the vet. And I have Beth doing her barista thing. See. That pretty accurate? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say that Susie probably shows up first because she was already on the way out the door anyway and is then closely followed by Zeke and Donovan. All right. I reach out for Bruce. So are we going inside? Is Or Bruce, are you inside or outside? At this point, I picture Bruce is in the corner. He's curled up in a ball and he's gone through an entire container of bonbons. <laughs> <laughs> Badkid is sitting there kind of poking at him, <laughs> seeing, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong. I kneel next to Bruce and I give him the cashews. Bruce takes them but still remains in his fetal position and points to his pictures. He doesn't he doesn't want to do any modern dance or anything right now. Oh no. Okay, we look at the pictures and see what's happening. Are the pictures well enough drawn to understand it all? Um I think I should have I think Bruce should have to roll dice on that. <laughs> <laughs> guess it's an act under pressure kind of thing nice that is oh that's three. <laughs> oh, oh no so those are gonna be some really bad 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 so there's drawings. a bunch of stick figures on the drawings yeah so don't have been a look at the drawings i think what he sees is like one of those just very square houses with the triangle on it and then a bunch, like six little gray people, little stick figures. And that's all. That's all it is. Yeah. Yep. So Donovan will turn to Susan and say, you've known him longer than I have. Do you understand this? And show her the pictures. I don't know exactly what he's trying to, to tell us. But so I, I reach over to, to Bruce and I put my hand on his arm and I pull from my backpack a pair of pink unicorn eyeglasses and i hand them to him say bruce we need a little bit more with those glasses bruce feels the willpower to dance oh my (laughs) (laughs) now will this be an interpretive dance of what you saw yes he's going to do an interpretive dance of what he saw that the song choice though i don't know what would be a good one for that toxic by britney yes (laughs) (laughs) yes i think that's beautiful with all the stuff that's going on with Britney right now, I feel like Bruce is definitely on the free Britney band. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, and in doing so, I feel like Bruce regains some mental stability. As would we all. Yes. So interpretive dance to explain the vision. I feel like this is the perfect time for Beth to show up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the F? I think Beth has a little FOMO. so i'm watching bruce and i'm seeing like him doing like gun moves and like frozen like 
I can't move and faces of distress moves. And it's kind of reminding me of Athena's, you know, shooting range and the bodies that we have there. And so I'm thinking I'm starting to understand. I turned to the others and I said, I think it has something to do with the statues. Well, I was going to go start trying to turn them back into people today. Should I go get started on that, Bruce? Would that make you happy? Bruce gives you a hug. (laughs) I think that's what he wanted. I think we got it, guys. But there were only two statues. Why were there six in the picture? Yeah, we don't know what these statues are. Bruce starts pointing at the Mothman. No, Mothman's not a statue, Bruce. Mothman's okay. (laughs) Meryl, do you know what's going on? (laughs) He's just sitting there sipping coffee. (laughs) And Bruce is very scared of him now. Uh, Meryl, do you know what's going on? Is this a vision? Yes, I shared my vision with Bruce. He seems more receptive than most people because I don't think he is alive. And then he looks at Bruce and he goes, I'm sorry to break that news to you. Bruce flips him the bird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Well, that's just brood. Well, can you describe it to us? I did not see the vision. I only passed along the vision to Bruce. All right. So it's looking like our priorities are figuring out how to unpetrify the petrified. We haven't yet understood that the statues are of us, though, right? No. We just note that there are some statues. Although we are sensing some kind of danger to us because he's pointing to us and there's six pictures and we know it's about the petrified. So I feel like we know that there's some kind of danger. Bruce, so you know that on a 10 plus, you get a detailed vision of something bad that is yet to happen and you take plus one forward to prevent it coming true and mark experience if you stop it. So I'm just giving you that little boon for the rest of the session. Oh, am I getting XP? Sweet. If you succeed. Oh. Uh, Bruce definitely at one point takes the drawing of the statues and starts pointing them to everybody in the party to let them know that that represents them. He does also a drawing of the uh, no-cell reception, which really freaks him out. (laughs) (laughs) I just ask everyone, including like Ralph and Elvis, do we know what causes this petrification? Like, what is the source of these people being petrified. I don't have any ideas. Beth, do you have a thought? Medusa. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, is it something they looked at that causes this? I mean, they look terrified, right? Like, they have, like, a terrified look on their face, right? Yes. The question is, if there's this vision of these petrified folks that are us, then is this a vision of future possibilities? Or is this a vision of, like, replicas that are, like, kind of voodoo doll equivalents that could be used to, like, control us or something? So are these things actually us in future? Or are they just representations of us? I'm assuming it's us, and we see what it is that caused the thing to be petrified. Can I trawl through my memories, like, to see if I know anything about creatures that are petrified? Absolutely. Creatures that are petrified or creatures that do petrify? Creatures that do petrified. Okay. <laughs> I, I rolled a two. Um, <laughs> so can I use a luck and make it a perfect roll? Yes. What is the consequence of using a luck for you? The consequence of the luck is when I spend a luck, I'll discover something happening now that is related to something that I was involved in years ago. 
maybe directly due to my actions or maybe somebody else is dabbling in the same area. This is going through your own memories or is this going through like your father's journal and things? It's trolling through my memories, which could involve anything that I found of my father's in the basement. So I guess there's two parts. The luck is when I discover something now that's related to something I was involved with. But then for rolling the 12 or changing it to the 12, I get to ask the two questions. And so the first question I was going to ask is, do I know, it says anyone who might be behind this. I'm thinking any creature that may cause others to become petrified that we might have come across. You haven't come across any personally, but you do know that from looking through all your dad's stuff, you do recognize that there are two types of creatures that are most often associated with petrifying other creatures. One is, as Beth pointed out, the Medusa or Gorgons, and they are women who have been cursed and their face turns people to stone. So if they make eye contact, they turn people to stone. And then the other creature that you know, and you probably didn't think about this when you were in the hold, but there's a creature called a basilisk, which is a six-legged lizard that can turn people to stone as well, also with its gaze. Are you kidding? (laughs) Like the lizards we saw in the hold? Yes. Those five-foot lizards? Uh, Six, but yes. Okay, great. Because I was thinking Daisy might be a Medusa, but now I'm relaxing, (laughs) thinking it's more likely. I tell everyone, hey, you guys, I remember something. When we were in the Kelbecker Road hold, those lizard creatures, those might be basilisks. And basilisks can cause others to become petrified. Sorry, I need clarification. Are these people turned to stone or are they petrified i think they both mean the same thing right well i mean because like medusa right when they turn to stone like they literally look like marble statues versus like with a basilisk right in harry potter they just they're just petrified oh they're just like stuck in one position meaning they're just frozen in place Frozen in place, yeah. So clarification on what they look like, please. The statues you see are definitely stone, but as Susie would be able to confirm, both in this universe turn creatures into stone. Don't just petrify them. Okay, thank you. And I turn to Elvis and Meryl and Ralph and the Batkin. I'm like, did you guys have any involvement with the basilisks? Ralph kind of shakes his head no, and Elvis says, like I said earlier, uh, we really didn't see the other creatures that they brought in there. Um, occasionally, we'd hear them at night, but I'm assuming because they're not the safest of creatures, they seem to load everybody in one at a time. So while one group of creatures was being loaded in, everybody else was locked down so that we didn't see what all was around. Okay, so my other question is, do I know anyone who can help us right now. So I guess the interpretation of that question is, do I know anyone who knows how to fight basilisks? Well, those are two different questions. Which which one do you want? (laughs) Because I have different answers for both. Well, the question I'm allowed to ask is, do I know anyone who can help us right now? You know of somebody that might be able to help you, but you don't know them that well. There is a fortune teller in downtown Baghdad that... You've come across their name multiple times in your dad's records, and you seem to remember seeing something about this person when you were kind of in the area of dealing with like Medusa and 
basilisks and that kind of thing. Okay. Like it was either paper clipped to a nearby page or something like that. So what do you guys think we should do? Do we split up and some of us go to try to unpetrify the people so we can verify what they saw? Donovan was going to try and work his magic on them. So maybe now is an opportune time to build up those skills. Bruce, the vision that he saw, does he know that area where that house was with the statues? He might not know it specifically, but anybody who grows up out here in the desert or lives out here in the desert for any length of time knows that there's just this scattering of ramshackle shacks out in the middle of the desert. Some of them are little compounds with RVs kind of situated around them where people actually live. Some of them are completely abandoned. Some of them, like homeless people, crash in in the middle of the night. There's all different types of ramshackle houses out in the middle of the desert. Bruce would like to spend some time with his phone using Google Earth to try and determine where that place was. Okay. Is Bruce better now? Because clearly he was very upset earlier. The glasses. The glasses did it for him. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Roll investigate a mystery. Bruce got a six. A six. And you do have a plus one. So that does take you up to seven. So you can ask one question. Where is the place where I saw the vision? (laughs) (laughs) How are you going about investigating this? Like, are you just kind of trying to figure out, like, what are your search criteria to give you a better idea of what you're doing? Scary places with no cell reception. Okay, so you find an app on the web that kind of shows you circles of cell coverage. Yeah. And you see that there's like three or four spots where there's a hole in the coverage, and two of them have a house in them. One is, I'd say, southwest of Baghdad, and one is northwest of Baghdad. Bruce would then show everybody that on the phone and then point to his amazing drawing of the statues with a big X sign, like, we don't want to go there. That's where it happens. (laughs) (laughs) I turned to Beth and Zeke. Do you guys know these areas? I mean, we're all the ones that are from here. Well, yeah, there's a whole area to the south of Baghdad where there's a lot of these kind of pseudo houses and shanty areas kind of out in the desert. So we could certainly head down there. It's about 45 minutes from Baghdad. But we might want to bone up on our depetrification skill set first and have Donovan maybe work on the statues that we already have. And there's someone in town that may be able to help us. I just remember from my dad's notes, he referenced this fortune teller in Baghdad. Would Beth know the fortune teller? I mean, would any of us know the fortune teller by name, I'm assuming? I don't know. That's up to your characters. Is this somebody you guys have come into contact? They're not subtle. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I figured like there was a a fortune teller in downtown Baghdad, whether or not we thought they were legit, we would probably know who they were and where they were. You at least have seen the storefront. You can see there's little touristy places and different things that Baghdad's tried to cobble together. And then there's this tiny little storefront in the middle of the main drag that just looks kind of out of place because it's probably been there for a really long time. And people probably want that real estate, but she ain't giving it up. Do you guys know that psychic downtown? I've never been to her. Has any, you know, Zeke, Beth, Bruce, have you guys been to see her? No. She comes into the coffee shop. Oh. Like everybody else does. 
Psychics aren't Zeke's thing. <laughs> Bruce? Bruce has not gone to see the psychic now. Do you know her name, Beth? Do I get to name her? Or does she have a name? No, I actually got a name for her. Okay. <laughs> if Beth knows this person, you will know that the psychic goes by the name Flawless. And <laughs> oh, Flawless is a drag queen. Yes. Right. <laughs> and she fabulous she's very very snarky but it's all in good fun she's not ever purposefully mean you know she can read a room pretty well and know when she needs to pull back on her snark but i'm sure there has been many a fun conversation at the counter between beth and flawless big fan okay well i feel like she might know something that could help so i don't know if we want to split up i don't know what should we do we go see her first and then go to the armory. In the meantime, I need to text Drew and tell her to take over my event for me. I feel like we have a few things that we should do. It probably is a good idea that Donovan goes and tries to unpetrify the two people that are petrified since he thinks that he can so that we can get more information. Because as far as I'm concerned, I ain't going anywhere near no damn house where I'm going to get petrified (laughs) without more information. Donovan, could you put your ritual into action and then we could leave together while it's happening and then we could come back? I have to ask the GM, but could I do that? Or do I need to be there the whole time chanting? You kind of need to be there. I mean, it's not going to take too terribly long. I'm assuming you've gotten some feedback from your order and they've kind of explained what a stone to flesh ritual would require. And so you've got the basics down. It's just a matter of actually doing it. So it would take a little bit of time, but it wouldn't be the hardest thing to do. So we're talking several hours or? I would say you could probably do it within an hour. Okay. Then I could probably go to my event at least for an hour and then we could all meet at the armory. I'd like some people with me when I do it, because for one thing, while I'm doing the ritual, I'm probably not going to be aware of what's going on around me. So if something else happened, like some kind of monster comes in to try to turn me to stone or whatever, I might need someone else to be on guard. Bruce immediately goes to the locker and grabs all his weapons. He's ready to go. Yeah. Zeke is happy to go with Donovan. Sweet. When these guys wake up, like turn back from stone into flesh, they both work for Cryptocore, so... I was thinking Zeke should go with yeah, Donovan. Yeah, Zeke will definitely go with Donovan. Okay. And I'm surprised that Bruce isn't jumping at the opportunity to go to a fortune teller drag queen, because the clothes. <laughs> I think we should do that together, all of us. Go see Flawless after Donovan finishes. Bruce is scared to go see Flawless because he just doesn't know what to wear. all right don't forget you have ralph you have meryl you have elvis you have bat kid so if you did want to split the party you've got people you can sub in for help i kind of do want to go at least for an hour to the wellness event because a couple things i was thinking about i was thinking of the fact that daisy escaped and she might end up with ambrose um i don't know that they know each other for sure but it seems like if she is trying to hide out and also i want to warn them about the creature that escaped i mean that big dog escaped and I don't want them to be in danger. These are people that I care about and pets that I care about. So if somebody wants to come with me, I kind of was like thinking, maybe I look at that kid. Do you want to come, you know, wash some dogs with me? <laughs> sure. Sounds fun. <laughs> Bruce also could put his weapons back and go with you. 
<laughs> okay, so we got a party of three going to service the needy pets with the homeless people. And then Donovan is going up to the shooting range to do his ritual. So who do you want to take with you? Of the uh, weirdo collection? <laughs> um, they are all highly offended. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. That was Todd saying that. <laughs> Although Donovan has questions as well. But Ralph, would you accompany us to the armory? So uh, after I turn these people from statues back into people, if they freak out, you look like you're big and strong. We'll have some muscle to you know, restrain them with. How does that sound? That sounds like a plan. I'm, I'm happy to go along with you. Terrific. And I think maybe we ought to take Fly Guy. No, that's not right. Mothman. Uh, Mothman. Mothman. Mothman, too, since he has this vision. The lie guy. <laughs> and we don't want to leave Elvis behind. Elvis, do you have a choice? If given his choice, I think he would probably go up to the shooting range as well, simply because it seems a little bit more his scene. And by the way, did we name the shooting range? Because I have a name for it. Oh, go for it. It's called Titan Armory. Nice. Titan Armory. That's Yeah, because, cool. you know, Athena's mom was a Titan, so... <laughs> Oh. Okay, go on. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so everybody heads out. Where are Beth and Zeke going? Zeke is going with Donovan up to the armory. Okay, and Beth? To the garage. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to the garage, like to the, the mechanic, your your mechanic job? Yeah. <laughs> Poor Beth. Beth has work. Typical millennial. She's got two jobs. She does not have time for this. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, like, we need to go to see Flawless, but clearly that's not a priority at this particular moment in time. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to leave Donovan behind because I felt like Donovan would be helpful when we go see Flawless. Yeah, so I'm going to go work. Girls gotta earn that monies. <laughs> okay, so we're all kind of separating for an hour. We're just splitting the party for an hour. It'll be fine. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode of What Is Not. Lyle McCarns on Slack said, Question for Joe. Is it ever a challenge as a GM when you're trying for X-Files or Supernatural and your players are giving you Scooby-Doo? Thanks for your question, Lyle. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan, so we could do a lot worse. But to your point, I think it actually works out pretty well. When I came up with this campaign, I was definitely going for something grittier. And then Drew created Bruce. And let's face it, Bruce kind of sets the tone for this campaign. So instead of fighting him on it, we leaned into it, which works because I've had several people tell me that they don't love listening to Monster of the Week actual plays, but they enjoy what is not. And I think that's because for actual plays, the mystery solving part of the campaign can be a little dry to listen to. And that's where the Scooby-Doo tone really helps because it keeps everything light and fun. But it also lets me make an impact with the more serious moments because the tone shift is so dramatic. So ultimately, it forces me to run a campaign that is a really good balance of silly and scary. And I hope everyone is enjoying it as much as we are. If you want to hear more behind-the-scenes chat about As the Dice Roll, you have a few opportunities. Next week, on November 30th, we're doing a series finale Q&A show for Cautious Optimism Season 1, so make sure to catch that in your feed next week. And Rob, sometimes our voice of the cold open, was on Geek2Do this past weekend, and we spent a good amount of time at the top of the show talking about As the Dice Roll. So make sure to check that out. It's episode 225, and the main topic for that episode is the Eternals movie. If you want to hear more from the rest of our cast, you can catch Katie on Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. 
Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop and Disney Forever. And you can also listen to Todd on his podcasts, Nerdberg Review and Farming Simulated. If you have a question for any of us, there are quite a few ways to get a hold of us with your questions and comments. You can follow us on Twitter at AsTheDiceRollRP. You can follow us on Instagram at AsTheDiceRoll. If you want to chat with us in real time, go check out our Slack channel over on the Geek2Geek Media Network Slack, which you can find by going to the Contact Us tab on the network website at geek2geekmedia.com. And while you're there, you can also join the Geek2Geek Media Discord server. And finally, you can always email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com or leave us a voice message by clicking on the link on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. That's it for me this week. I'll be back this Friday, November 26th, with our season one finale of Cautious Optimism, and then again on Tuesday, November 30th, with our season one Q&A show. Until then, I hope everyone has a safe and happy Thanksgiving, and let's see if Donovan can reflushify these statues right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. So then let's get Donovan and his party settled. You guys met Athena when you dropped off the statues because she opened everything up for you and gave you guys an extra key. And so she sees you guys pull up and she kind of waves and, you know, she's got a cup of coffee. You know, it was a late night for everybody. And so she invites you in. Before we get there, though, while we're like in the car driving over Mm -hmm. donovan wants to turn to the mothman because he's with us right he's like in the car with me or whatever yeah you've got all the cryptids sans bat kid i'm gonna say to mothman so you get visions right of the future that's kind of your thing besides being a moth (laughs) (laughs) yes that's both my power and my curse how do you tell the difference between a vision that is an actual prophecy that's going to come to pass unless you do something to prevent it. And how do you tell the difference between that and just a run-of-the-mill nightmare, bad dream that doesn't really mean anything? Well, usually I have nightmares when I sleep. The visions happen when I'm awake. Sure, that makes sense. So a little while ago, we were fighting a creature from another plane of existence, and it magically put me to sleep and caused me to have a vision of the future. And it's been bothering me because in that vision, the future I saw was awful, terrible, end of the world kind of apocalyptic stuff. And I don't know if that is just the creature we were fighting trying to scare me, if that was just an attack of that creature, or if the vision I saw was an actual 
prophecy of things to come. Is there any insight you can give me to tell the two apart? As a GM, I'm going to ask the question, are you the one driving right now? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I've never mastered driving on the other side of the road. You crazy American. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense because I don't know about Zeke, but I do know Matt would probably not let anybody else drive. Quite true. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming since you've got the big party, you're in the van. So Meryl says, well, if you'll permit me, I may be able to help you explore this vision further and see what it all means. Are you interested in that kind of thing? Very much. Okay. So he looks you in the eye and Bruce just kind of casually looked at his eyes and got a whole bunch of stuff going on. As you look into his eyes, you see that it's that faceted insect, lots of different lenses to it. Right. And it almost feels a little bit like you're falling into them. You start kind of zooming into them and all of a sudden you are standing on the mountain overlooking Baghdad. It is where you were when you had the vision that the boogeyman gave to you. And you look out and you see the same thing you saw before but with a little bit more detail, you now see more creatures running around causing havoc, more creatures in the air, like demonic Jersey Devil-like creatures, but other creatures as well. The tentacles that had burst through the ground in your first vision are much clearer. You can see smaller ones around the base attacking people. You see people in military fatigues trying to fight monsters and tentacles and not doing very well. But you see more than that, where before you saw a lot of boogeymen running around, they're still there. But you also see a lot of obviously the same kind of creature that Ralph is, and they seem to be fighting with the forces against these demonic creatures. But as you start to zoom in, you kind of, again, get that feeling that Bruce got of a bird's eye view coming into the scene. And as you fly over, you can start picking out each of the members of your party, and they are dead. So you passed Susie and Bruce, you pass. Zeke and Beth, you see different members of your order who you recognize, they're all dead. You see a lot of Ralph's people are lying, kind of torn apart. The Bat Kid is laying somewhere dead. Meryl is, is there. Elvis is there. There's just all sorts of different people that you are now recognizing in the chaos. And because you are now in this vision with the Mothman, you know, him kind of guiding you, you can now ask some questions and explore what you're looking at. What season does it look like it is? Like, is it fall, winter, spring? It's hard to tell because out here in the desert, everything kind of looks the same. Sure. Is there any clue I can get about like when, how far into the future this is? I'm trying to think of what type of things could give you time. There is a full moon out. Full moon, okay. And it was a sliver moon recently, so we've got at least until the next full moon. That's something. That's something. So that's there. It's very hard to even make out the moon. I mean, you get a little glimpse of it because you're specifically looking for it. But there are almost like unnatural clouds with crackles of lightning, but the lightning looks more like bolts of magic that you would you have actually practiced using it does not look like electricity. It looks like it's crackling with magic. Okay. That's more scary, 
but doesn't really help me with the time frame. You got the moon. That's the best I can give you. Okay, yeah. Nope, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I know you said, like, in a dream, you can't read. So, like, if I take out my cell phone, not only will I be terrified by the lack of cell reception, but I won't be able to read the clock to know what time it is or anything anyway, so... Right. Okay. Big questions. Important questions. There's a big hole in the earth, right? Yes. The bad guys are coming out of it. Where is the hole? Is that where the headquarters of crypto evil guy company is? No, it's actually smack dab in the center of town in the middle of Route 66. Middle of town. Yeah. Because remember, most of the area south of Route 66 is CryptoCore, but all the residential and commercial areas are north. And so... If you were to look at the city limits on a map, it is smack dab in the middle of the Baghdad boundaries, and it is right in the middle of the road. Okay. If I look towards where Cryptocore is, what do I see? Is Cryptocore still in existence? Are they doing anything to fight against the bad guys? Like, what's the scene there? You see that the troops that are out there fighting the tentacles and fighting these demonic creatures are not actually U.S. military. They look a lot more like the guards you saw at the hold. And there's a lot of them kind of guarding Cryptocore. But you do see different things flying out of a big hole in one of the buildings. There's some demonic creatures coming out of there. Mm. Every once in a while, you'll see a boogeyman come out of there. But that's not the only place that they're coming out of. You want to look around more for where other places they're coming out of are? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so as you go towards the Amboy Crater, which is southwest of Baghdad, it's kind of this old hot spot from volcanic activity. And that has seemed to have opened up. And there are creatures pouring out of there. Some of them look like humanoid lizards. There are some basilisks running around from there. All sorts of different creatures you don't recognize coming out of there. There seem to be some coming from the mines up in the north. Baghdad at this point looks like it's kind of surrounded by these openings that creatures seem to be pouring out of. All right. I would like to see if I can look down the gigantic hole in the middle of town that's blocking the street and everything. Can I see where it goes, where it leads? Like, is it a big cave? The one that all the tentacles are coming out of? Yes, I want to look for the source of the tentacles and all this terribleness. Okay, well, the tentacles take up the majority of the real estate of the hole. It's as if something was trying to push out of the hole and has not been able to quite widen the hole enough to get itself out. Wow. But as you are flying over the hole and you look down in between all the tentacles, you see a giant glowing orange eye. And you feel this just intense fear and dread wash over you, and you were instantly snapped out of the vision. That was really intense. Okay. There's a lot to process there. Thank you, Meryl. Thank you for letting me experience that horror again. (laughs) Um, So good news, friends. Uh, In the vision... You're all alive and well, and we're working together to fight the bad guys. So nothing for you all to worry about. (laughs) You're cool. But in the vision, I saw a big, big hole in the middle of town with a bunch of tentacles coming out of it that seemed like they were attached to some bigger, they were like they were all part of the same 
giant monster thing, maybe, that was trying to get out of the hole and into our world. And it looked right at me with the big eye, and that's when I woke up, because it's freaking scary. Uh, there was a volcano was opened up near town, and basilisks were coming out of it. There were the mines in the north had opened up, and there were monsters coming out of it. It was it was real bad. It, it's, it felt like it was the end of the world. Cryptocore seemed to be fighting against the bad guys, but they were losing... Ralph's people were there, but they were also losing. A lot of them were dead, even though we're all frying friends. Um, but a lot of other people were dead. It really felt like it was the end of the world. So option A, the boogeyman was just trying to screw with me and scare me. And this is just a bad dream and no worries. Option B, this is a prophecy like the Mothman sees. Sorry, Meryl sees. And uh, in that case, the whole of humanity might be doomed unless we do something oh that's not pressure at all <laughs> yep meryl taps you on your shoulder and says i hope you got the answers you seeked and then just kind of drifts off <laughs> i mean i think i got the best answers you can get from this sort of thing um yeah Next time on What Is Not. She kind of leans in and she says, Tell me, dear, where's the key? If you hear from Ambrose, can you uh, can you tell him that we're uh, we're looking for him? We're a little, little concerned. I sit crisscross applesauce in front of the two of them, and I just start rhythmically chanting. Her eyes were terrifying. Like, what, what was wrong with her? You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at Geek2GeekMedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com.